Now let's give the Lord a big hand, would you? Hallelujah. Well, what an honor it is to be here with you this morning. Uh, I give honor to your pastors today. Uh, you're blessed. You've got some great pastors here. And uh, I hope they're having a restful time on the beach, getting sunburned, getting a tan. Uh, pray for Pastor Stephen and uh, Amy and their children. Uh, matter of fact, you need to pray for your pastors every day. Hello. You need to pray for your pastors every day. That's it. Now the other half. You need to pray for your pastors every day. You'll never, you'll never understand what they go through. You can't relate to them unless you have been a pastor and you know that the stress that they feel and they face. And, and uh, I'm not pastoring right now. I uh, pastored for 39 years and handed my church over about five years ago to my, one of my spiritual sons. Uh, but I can relate to pastors. And, and uh, <clears throat> now when we're not traveling, I sit in a pew just like you or a chair just like you do. And I promised my pastor one thing when I handed him the keys that I would be his biggest cheerleader and that I would always honor and respect him. And uh, we never let a day go by, never, without praying for him and his wife, and his children, and his grandchildren. And if you don't do that, I just want to—I want to challenge you. I just—I just, I just want to challenge you. Uh, start today or tomorrow or whenever you do your time of prayer. I want to challenge you. Just—just just pray and, and uplift uplift your pastor. You're not—you're not worshiping them. You're just thanking God for the gift that God gave you to help you uh, in this journey. And so pray for them, pray for them. Uh, I'm honored to have my beautiful wife with me. Boy, isn't she beautiful? I'm telling you what. Well, I'm going to hurry up this message. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you. This coming February, we will be celebrating 53 years. I know I don't even look 53 years, but we're celebrating 53 years of marriage and <clears throat> she is she is blessed. That's a long time. I mean a a, a long that's a long time. <laughs> a long time. Somebody asked me the other day, he said, What's the uh what do you feel like is the success of your longevity in marriage? <clears throat> I just told him, I said, Well, I'm an outdoorsman. And they said, an outdoorsman. I said, yeah. I said, whenever she starts her stuff, I just go outdoors. And so we never, you know. If you've got your Bibles, your iPad or iPhone or whatever eyes you have, I want you to turn to the book of St. Mark with me. And uh, I'm very well aware of the time. And I've got a lot of time to preach, matter of fact. Uh, and I do know that you get out at a certain time, and I'm going to honor that. Uh <clears throat> Mark the 14th chapter, I want to I talk about an incredible uh, story. It's about an incredible woman this morning. Just a little thought that uh, the Lord has given me. 
uh, and it's out of Mark. I don't know if the scriptures uh, be up there or not. I don't know if I got to get with them on that. But it's out of the St. Mark, and I want to start reading. I'm reading out of the NIV, starting with the third verse. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the, ha- in the home of uh, Simon. We're down south, so it's not Simon, it's Simon. The leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare my burial. Verse 9. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, wherever the gospel is preached, That means at Foundations Church, at Harvest Time, where I'm from, wherever the gospel is preached. It means in Lafayette or Youngsville. It means in the United States or it means overseas. Wherever the gospel preached, not just in certain churches, not just by certain people, but Jesus said, Wherever the gospel is preached, throughout the entire world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. My little thought comes from that verse 9. Wherever the gospel is preached, throughout the world, What she has done will also be told in memory of her. In other words, paraphrasing it, Jesus said, wherever you preach this gospel, I want you to mention this woman. I want you to tell the world about what the woman has done. To my knowledge, Jesus had never said that about any other Bible character. He never said that for the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He never said that about his disciples or his three close disciples, Peter, James, and John. He never even said that about his own mother. But he did say it about this woman. And when I read this scripture, I started thinking about the legacy that this woman left. What a legacy she left. Jesus said, I want her mentioned to the whole world, wherever the gospel's preached, and I want you to talk about her and the thing that she has done. This is what I call a legacy that never dies. A good 
good definition of legacy, a very simple definition of legacy, is anything handed down from the past. Anything handed down from the past. This woman handed down a legacy that I think we need to think about. I think we need to apply it to our own life. Uh, let's look at a few things about this woman. And I want to I wanna, I wanna challenge every one of us this morning. I want to provoke our thinking this morning. Number one, she did what she could. She did what she could. Now, now, now let's talk reality. It's evident when you read the scripture that she did not hold back. She could have taken just the top, the lid, off of the jar, and she could have poured, she could have, she could have poured just a little bit of the perfume on Jesus' hair and kept the rest for herself. She was not required to do what she did. Nobody made her do it. It, the choice was hers. And so therefore, she didn't have to take the whole jar of perfume and put it or anoint Jesus with it. Uh, she gave it her all. I mean, think about this woman. She didn't walk on water. She didn't raise the dead. She didn't heal the sick. She just did what she could. Would you agree with me that today... We live in a selfish world. Would you agree with that? I'm not trying to talk negative. I'm talking reality. This woman was willing to pour a year's wages. Would, would, would you like to maybe give your year's wages today? Maybe just a little sign, Pastor, I owe you. Uh, a whole year's wages. Um, I owe you $100,000. I will give it to you within the 12 months. Uh, every paycheck, I will just sign my paycheck over to you. And that's exactly, when you read the story, that's exactly what this woman did. She took a year's wage. She did not have to do it. She could have taken the little top off of the jar and just, I mean, the perfume was expensive perfume. Everybody in the room would have smelled just a little drop of that perfume. She just had to open the jar and they would have smelled the perfume. It, it, was, it, was, it was something, the, the fragrance of it. That's all she had to do. But no, no, no. And, and she could have just taken just a little bit and just let a little bit come down. But no, she takes the entire year's wages of perfume, something that was very expensive and takes the whole thing and pours it upon Jesus. You, you, you think about this woman. She did what she could. And today, I mean, she's giving the year's wages and oh, I shouldn't say this, but I won't say it. I mean, <laughs> we can't even get people to give God 10%. That one went over like a lead balloon. Let me try something else. Isn't that amazing? Oh, this woman says, hey, 
I know it's a year's wages. I know it's a lot of money to a lot of people, but I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to, I'm going to give it all. I'm, I'm not suggesting for you to give a year's wages up. I'm not suggesting for you to give a month's wages up or a week's wages up. I, I'm not suggesting that, but I'm suggesting that you do what you can do. Hello? God says give 10%. I'm suggesting you do it. Listen, what a legacy she passed to her family, assuming that possibly she had children and grandchildren. What a legacy she was leaving. What a legacy she passed on to every Christian that is here. Do what you can do for God. Ecclesiastes um, 9 and 10, I think it is. Uh, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do to it with all of your... Li 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 listen, friend, uh, we're not playing church. This is the real deal. And so whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with all of your might. We, we, need, to, we need to quit letting things stifle us and confine us. We, we need to... Quit putting God number two or number three or number four or number five and, and, and wherever we have him, let him be number one in our life and let's just get with the program and do what we can do. She not only gave her all, but number two, she wasn't ashamed. Boy, I just got, I, I get excited when I read these, uh, these scriptures. She left a legacy for us to consider and that is, don't be ashamed of the Lord. You say, now, Pastor Wells, you're, you're preaching to a bunch of Christians. That's why I'm preaching this. Hello? Don't be ashamed of the Lord. If you're a Christian today, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely nothing. You have nothing to apologize for. Now, when I was growing up, uh, we were considered holy rollers uh, and everything else in those days because um, uh, full gospel, Pentecostalism, charismatic, whatever you want to call it, uh, wasn't that very well known in those days. And, and we got made fun of when we tell them we were a Christian. And, and I was preaching in high school, so you could tell uh, I, got, I got made. But, but listen, you're not a weirdo. You are not dysfunctional. You are not crazy. Next time somebody calls you a nut for what you believe, you just look at them and say, I might be a nut, but at least I'm screwed on the right boat. <laughs> Nothing to be ashamed of. Think about this story. There is a crowd in the room. Probably, probably, Mostly men. Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12 disciples. This woman had to possibly be a little scared, possibly a little intimidated. And she goes against custom for the woman to touch the man not being her spouse, and here she is, is going to touch in front of everybody. She's going to take, they think she's crazy because it's expensive perfume, and she's going to take this and pour it on Jesus' head. She wasn't even on the agenda 
to do any of this. She wasn't asked to do it. I mean, think about it. But she didn't care who was there. She didn't care who liked it and who didn't like it. She didn't care because she wanted to minister to Jesus. And she was not ashamed. I don't know the personal relationship that she had. I don't know about her soul. But I know one thing. She wasn't ashamed. She didn't care who was in that room. She was going to worship God. People today, Christians today, they're ashamed to even mention that they're a Christian. Boy, it's quiet here. Some people are ashamed to even invite someone to church. They're ashamed to bow their heads and say grace in a restaurant. Oh, Lord, I'm meddling now. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. Nothing. Nothing at all. I, I, I have this little thing about it, and it's, it's not bragging. It, it, it's just this, this little thing about it. If I'm in a restaurant and, and, and if, I see, if I see somebody bow their heads and, and pray over their food, normally I will go up to them and just ask them for their bill and just pay their lunch. I am just so tough. Now, you're going to ask me where I'm eating today. I'm not telling you. All right? But it's just, it's just I don't do it every, every, every time. But, but most of the time when I see a, a couple just bow their heads and I'll just go there. And I don't tell them I'm a preacher or anything. I'll just say, uh, I, I saw you pray over your food. And could I just take care of your bill for you? Boy, I just feel so good when I leave that place and see them blessed. And, and uh, you know what? It tells me, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you have nothing to, you have nothing. I, I'm challenging you this morning. I'm provoking your thinking. You have, no, you, you have nothing to be embarrassed with or be ashamed of when you're on your lunch break at your job to bow your head. Oh, but wait, wait a minute, Pastor. You know, I'm, I'm sitting with my boss. So what? I'm, I'm sitting with my peers, with my co-workers. So what? Thank you for that least one amen. Whoever it come from, may God bless you. You have, you have nothing, nothing. This woman said, I don't care who's in here. I don't care if the 12 disciples, the higher echelon of all of these people, I don't care if they're here. I don't care if the host of this home thinks I'm absolutely crazy. No, sir. I want to do something for Jesus. So I'm going to take this expensive perfume and I'm going to pour it no matter who is. People are ashamed to even tell people where they go to church at. Or this woman in this story left us a great legacy. Let us know, let us know that do what you can for God. Don't be ashamed. And number three, she had a pure worship. A pure worship. She left us a legacy for every one of us from generation to generation. And that is, worship God from your heart with a pure worship. 
Worship God from your heart with a pure worship. Church, we are not robots. We do not come to church in a robotic state of mind. Oh, we're going to have three songs. Yes. Oh, I'm supposed to raise my hand. Yes. I, I need to clap. Yes. Uh, this woman came with a, a pure worship. In her own way, she worshiped God. This was her way of worshiping. Nobody had to tell her to lift her hands. Nobody had to tell her to sing or uh, dance or speak in tongues or anything else. According to this woman, we could actually be unique in our worship. You, you, you may not, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of get excited sometimes. And, and uh, even in my worship, I kind of get excited. And that doesn't make me closer to God than you. My goodness, you can, you can have a pastor that would stand here and, and, and never move behind this uh, uh, desk, this podium, and just uh, the whole service. That doesn't make me closer to God than him because of our actions. What means a lot is, is, is it a pure worship? Uh, does it come from our emotions or does it come from our heart? And this woman teaches me about a pure worship and, and how I can actually be unique in our worship. And, and you know, if it's with a flag or maybe with our hands or, or our feet or whatever it is, make sure it's pure and you're not just going alone with the crowd. Is that all right? This, was a, this came from her heart. The woman left a great legacy that she will always be remembered by. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought, have you ever thought about the legacy that you're going to leave? Have you ever thought about it? Let me just provoke your thinking. Have you, have you, ever, really, have you ever really thought about it? This woman left a legacy so good, so powerful, that Jesus said, I want her talked about everywhere. Not only in Jerusalem, not only in Judah, not only in Samaria, in the entire world. I want to, what a legacy she must have left. Every life, every one of us, every life leaves a legacy. Everyone, you, me, every one of us leaves a legacy. Did you ever think about it? It's not an option. Right now, this very minute, as we're sitting here, this very minute, we are working on the legacy that we are going to leave. You got your thinking cap on? I want you to think just for a few more minutes. When we die, our family gets what we left them. Whether it's good 
or bad. When we die, our family gets what's left for them, whether it's good or bad. Hold on to your seat. Here's my question. Here's the $64,000 question. Here's my provoking thought. If the death angel would take us away right now, what kind of legacy would we leave? Well, I mean, preacher, you see me in church, right? If the death angel took us right now, what kind of legacy would we leave? I don't know if I've said this yet. I, I'm kind of, you know, getting older in ages, and I don't remember if I said things. But if the death angel would take us away right now, what kind of legacy would we leave? If our kids were honest, how many's got children? Grandchildren. Oh, ain't they great? Great grandchildren. Next month I'll have our fourth fourth great grandchild. Whew. I like them more than I like the grandkid. <laughs> if our children, if our kids if our children and grandchildren, for you that has older grandchildren, if our children and grandchildren were honest at our funeral, what would they say about our life? I know some of you are sitting here saying, boy, wait until Pastor Stephen come back. I'm going to let him know he should have got somebody else this morning. But you got me. If that coffin was right here, and our children were standing there at the head of the coffin, and there would be the receiving line, and they would be walking and looking at your face in that coffin, hugging your children. What? would your children say about you? Could it be things like, boy, my dad loved to drink. My dad was a hard man. He never showed his love toward me. He always put me down and called me names. Would, would they say something like, my mom, Phew. She was mean to my dad. My mom spent most of her time watching soap operas and she didn't even keep a house clean. My daddy, he was always putting the pastor down. My mom, my mom used to gossip all the time. I'd hear her all the time gossiping. 
My parents were not faithful in the house of God. What would, what would, what would the children be saying? My parents, they argued all the time. Daddy didn't spend much time with us. If he wasn't working, he was hunting or fishing. You had a great dad, baby. You know what? I never heard my dad pray except in church. What would your kids, what would our kids be saying about us? I've never seen my parents read their Bible in the home. My parents went to church, but there wasn't nothing godly about them. My dad would talk about Jesus at church and curse when he got home. Or would your children say something like this my dad was a man of integrity would they say mom and daddy always showed love to us kids would they be able to say daddy was a godly man daddy was always there when I needed him my mama kept our house cleaned and she loved my daddy. My parents always helped other people. My parents were givers. You see, when we leave a legacy, which every one of us is leaving, when we leave a legacy, the world, to be politically correct. When I die, the world says, leave your children some money, land, leave that legacy for your children. Let, uh, make sure your children or your spouse is well taken care of you or of. of. But I want to tell you, friend, there's more than just leaving a piece of property and a couple of dollars for your children. There's something more that's worth that, more than worth a hundred acres, more that's worth that business. There's more than that leaving a legacy when you die. You see, when we leave a legacy, it's not about how much land and how much we left them or how much we, we money we left them. It's what kind of life did we leave our children? I'm challenging you. You younger couples, boy, you have a great opportunity to start right now leaving a legacy. Yeah, if you can leave your kids a few dollars, man, that'd be great. That's, I have nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Did, did you hear me? There, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's not put that our number one agenda, our number one legacy leaving, our character, leave them a character. When 
One of my children told me not too long ago. He was talking about doing something or whether it was right or wrong. And they said, well, I've been taught integrity from you. What a legacy. That's worth more than my home I'm going to leave them. It's worth more than my, my toys or my vehicles I'm going to leave them. More than that $3 I'm going to leave them. It's when my kids can tell somebody, my dad's handshake is better than a signed contract. What a legacy. What a legacy. My son's overseas, and I've got the power of attorney, and he was selling a truck, and, and uh, these people came, and he looked at the truck, and the guy said, uh, you know, I like it, and he realized who I was. He, 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 I didn't know him, but he knew me from the city, and <laughs> he said, I, I, I really want it, but it'll be four or five days before I can go to the bank. He said, but I really want it, and I shook hands. And he said, well, he said, do we have to sign anything? I said, my hand's better than a contract, sir. Are you hearing me? A lot of people don't want to come to church because they don't see anything. They don't see any integrity in the Christians. They've got that in the world. Why should they come to the church to find the same thing? What kind of legacy are you leaving? I'm not here to, to fuss or anything. I'm, I'm here uh, trying to do what Jesus said and preach the gospel about this woman all over. So what kind are we going to leave our children? In closing this morning, I want to help us. Did, did you hear me? I'm not preaching to you. I want to help us. I want to help us this morning with two little bitty nuggets and I'll go through them real quick. If we want to leave a lasting legacy for our children, we must number one, maintain godly character. I didn't say anything about being legalistic. Did you hear me? And say whether it was right or wrong to wear pants for a woman or right or wrong to cut your hair or wear makeup or jewelry. Or, I didn't say anything about legalistic. I said if we're going to leave a good legacy, we must maintain a godly character. You see, we can't leave a legacy uh, in the life that we're going to live after this life. We, we don't leave. We leave a legacy in the life that we are presently living and so therefore if, if I'm going to leave a legacy I have two children three grandchildren four greats if I'm going to leave a legacy for my and my friends and, and whoever then I'm going to maintain a godly character Proverbs 22 1 says a good name a good name a character, a good name is better than great riches. I won't be leaving my kids and grandkids riches, but I sure hope to leave them with a good name. People put a lot of emphasis on reputation. 
But there's a big difference between reputation and your character. Reputation is what you are supposed to be. Character is what you are. Reputation is what you have when you come to a new community. Character is what you have when you go away. Reputation is made in a moment. Character is built in a lifetime. Reputation is what men think you are. Your character is what God knows you are. Our character will impact generations for life. The second little nugget, and I'm closing. Hold on to godly convictions. Hold on to godly convictions. If we want to leave a good legacy, then we must hold on to godly convictions. I don't know if there's any greater words for a child to say at our funeral than the words, my parents were godly people. You see, when you're born again, the Bible says the old man comes out. The new man comes in. There's a transformation that takes place. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not words I'm making up. It's scriptural. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides you into all the truth. The problem with people today is they don't hold on to the convictions. They don't hold on to their godly character. They'll do things that they know that they're not supposed to do. I, 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 want, you, I, I want to let you in on a little secret. Your kids, they're watching you. without you even realizing it. They're watching what you say at home. They're listening to you without you even realize they're listening to you. You're their role model. You are what you should want them to be. A godly person. Mom and dad, you've got a great responsibility. Not only to maybe leave them a couple of dollars or whatever, but you've got a great responsibility, and that's to leave them a godly character, a godly legacy. Hold on to your conviction. Don't be swayed by others to do things. Don't be swayed by others to do things that you're convicted of. It's not worth trading heaven for hell. We need to live a life so the preacher won't have to lie at our funeral.
I close with this. It reminds me this guy that passed away and old Sam and his brother Joe uh, went to the preacher and he said, Preacher, he said, I know my brother Sam wasn't any good. He said, I know he was a bum. He was a cheater, a thief, a womanizer, drank all the time. He was the scum of the earth. I know that preacher. He said, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you $5,000 while you're preaching his funeral if you'll call him a saint. Preacher said, okay. So he was preaching Sam's funeral. He said, Sam here? Sam, the guy that's laying here in this cult, he said, he's a no good bum. He's a thief. He's a cheater, a gambler, a drinker. He's a womanizer. He's an abuser. He said, but on the side of his brother Joe, he's a saint. Some of you get that about two in the morning. Whoever preaches my funeral, I would want to know that they could say, I know this man. He was a godly man. I would want my children to be proud. I would want my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren to be proud if that day ever came. To be able to say, my grandpa was a man of character. What a legacy to leave because my grandchildren are going to tell their children, my great-grandchildren. And if the Lord tarries, my great-grandchildren are going to tell their children. And they're going to say, you had a great, great, great poppy. That was a great man of God. man of integrity and we're from the Wells family we are going to keep that going on from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation to generation and you are the one that chooses what kind of legacy you will leave. The preacher will never choose it. Your friends cannot choose it. Your spouse cannot choose Only you can choose the legacy that you leave. Would you stand? Father, you said let this gospel be preached all over the world about this woman. Out of all of the great works we find in the Bible, 
Moses, the great leader, Noah building the ark, Daniel, the three Hebrew children, David, Solomon, the Apostle Paul, out of all of the great Bible characters and all of the great works they've done, not one time did you say, God, we should talk about them and what they have done throughout the whole world, but you did this woman. She worshipped you with a pure worship. But she left everything, laid everything on the line. What a legacy she left from generation to generation. What a legacy. God, Holy Spirit, You have provoked our thinking this morning. And I thank you for that. Lord, I've not only preached to this congregation, but I've I've preached to myself. Wow. I wanna wanna leave this place and I wanna even do better. I wanna make sure that my children and grandchildren and from generation to generation, would never be ashamed of the life that I've lived. That's my goal. So Holy Spirit, I just just thank you this morning for touching our life and provoking our thinking. I thank you for that. With every head bowed, I would not want to leave this morning. I don't know anybody here. I don't know your life, I should say that. But you know your life. and The Holy Spirit knows it. But if you're here today and possibly you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I know this was not a sinner message, but I don't convict people. The Holy Spirit convicts them. One of the finest worship leaders I know, her name is Tabitha Landry. Beautiful, beautiful voice. You ought to hear her testimony. Her husband started coming to my church. She sang in bars. And and she'll admit this. She'll testify about this. Was having an affair on her husband. Was on drugs and all of that. And her husband asked her to come to church. And she said, there's no way I'd go to church. She said, because that's all preachers ever want is money. That's all they ever talk about is money, 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 money. She tells me that that Sunday morning she was mad. She told her husband, I'll go. So she walked in church that Sunday morning and God gave me a message for the next 35 minutes on tithing. For 35 minutes I stood behind the podium and talked about tithing. 
You can ask her this, so help me, this is the way it happened. When I finished preaching my sermon on tithing, I said, all right. I said, I'm finished. I said, now would you bow your heads? Is there anyone here that wants Jesus as their personal Savior? I want you to come down. That young lady got out of her seat, came down to the altar, gave her heart to the Lord on a tithing sermon. I'm here to tell you we're not God. We don't convict. The Holy Spirit convicts. And if you're here today, and if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you can. You can. And if that's you, I, I just want you to, we're going to all pray a prayer together, but if that's you this morning and you want to just be honest, confess, preacher, I don't know Jesus. I'm a sinner, but I'd like to this morning. I want you just to lift your hands right up and put them right back down. Anyone here? I don't know if everybody is serving God or not, but I don't want to leave this place without that invitation. Father, we bless each and every one today. We bless Pastor Stephen and Amy and these precious children. God, give them grace. God, would you just give them a rest physically and mentally. We pray over Foundations Church, oh God, and the leadership and the membership here, oh God. Lord, fill these empty seats. Fill them with mama and daddies and brothers and sisters, God. With our boss from the job, with our peers from the job, with our neighbors, oh God. Fill them, oh God. Minister to them. Bless the finances of this congregation. In thy holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand this morning? Whoever's taking it over. Or do I just dismiss? Consider yourself dismissed. <laughs>